Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 8, the Texas DOT Tyler District Podcast with Larry Krantz. I'm your host, Dwayne Collett. The Texas Department of Transportation, Tyler District, started producing a podcast in June of this year. As far as I can determine, they are the first DOT to produce a podcast. Larry Krantz is the Public Information Officer for the Tyler District. He started the podcast as another method of providing DOT information to the public. I spoke with Larry on the phone about how they use the podcast to keep the public informed. I realize that currently podcasts don't have a lot to do with winter maintenance. But I thought that you or your Public Relations Department might be interested in why and how a DOT is using a podcast. Larry, thanks for joining us. You bet. Glad to be here. On my searching on the internet for podcasts related to transportation, I found your Tyler District podcast and I think you hold, hold the record for being the first DOT to publish a podcast. What, okay. what got you started using podcasting? Well, uh, I may go around the world to tell you a short story here, but uh, I got my first iPod probably about a year ago um, when I knew I was going to have to make a trip down to Austin, and I was dreading having to listen to the radio all the way down there because I really enjoy listening to uh, audiobooks. And... Uh, so without a CD player in my in my uh, state Jeep, that was going to be tough. Uh, no tape deck either, just an AM radio. So um, I went ahead and got an iPod, and, and uh, when I logged on to iTunes, I saw that there were podcasts available, and I'd heard a little bit about them, but uh, I'd never really investigated it. And before long, I got myself hooked on uh, you know BBC World News and Associated Press and CNN. I'm a former newspaper editor, and that's, you know, the ink's still in my blood, so to speak, and so I'm... I'm as big a news junkie as there is, probably, and and uh, the podcasting immediately allowed me to uh, get stuff that I wasn't privy to before. So then, what? Uh, how did you say? Well, this is something that we can use at the DOT. Well, my during my eight years in journalism, all I heard about was how readership was declining, and and uh, you know, of course, TV is lamenting the same thing. Nobody's they keep saying, well, nobody's watching the evening news anymore, and we have to keep being more and more, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word would be, maybe flagrant in the way they cover stories. And I think a lot of people are turning their backs on that and are seeking alternate means of receiving their information. And, you know, the Internet and all those mediums just happened to come along right about the same time. And so blogs became very popular during the elections and stuff like that. And, and really it occurred to me that, hey, if people are out there shopping for this information or shopping for, you know, individualized, personalized news, things that will affect them directly so that they can – they can kind of cut through the BS and just get what they need, that maybe there are some people out there that wanted to know uh, where we were going to have lane closures or what, what was going on with a particular construction project, because we certainly get those phone calls all the time. And uh, I really wanted to uh, figure out a new way to, to serve our, our uh, motorists in, our, in the eight counties that we serve here in the Tyler District. And uh, I thought this, this was probably going to end up being the wave of the future as, as quickly as uh, iPods and podcasting seem to take off. What is the content of your podcast then? Well, the the content has varied a little bit as we've experimented. 
one of the one of the biggest issues um, as as the public information officer for this uh, for this district uh, has been to tell people about TxDOT's mission, which goes far above and beyond uh, design, build, and maintain highways. We're we're responsible for, um, for example, uh, several grants concerning public transportation. Uh, you know, busing for the handicapped and the elderly. We have a big hand in that. We we hand out the money uh, that that some of the some of the transport agencies use. Um, we're we're heavily into the environment and environmental study. Um, there there are a lot of areas there that I think people would be interested to know that TxDOT has a hand in it. They probably wouldn't know otherwise if they just drove past one of our construction setups and said, "Ah, there's TxDOT banging up my drive again." So I'm trying to vary it um, a little bit along the lines of why we do what we do and 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 what it is that we do. And and of course, most of that is still going to come back to uh, design, build, and maintain highways. Where hey, look, if we're going to be if we're going to do a mill and inlay or we're going to be doing some seal code somewhere, you know. Here's your opportunity, folks, to learn about it ahead of time and, and adjust your commute accordingly during during this particular time. And that's that's really, I guess, when when we have a default episode where we say, well, okay, we've got more we've got more construction than we have anything else at the moment. Then you know, then that's that's what we go after and try to accomplish. How often do you publish a new podcast episode? Well, we we have set ourselves, my uh, my engineer and I, uh, different kind of engineer, my my. Uh, Production engineer and I have set ourselves on a once-a-week schedule, and if something comes up in the meantime, we publish what's called an extra, which is usually 30 seconds to a minute that covers a specific topic or something that has changed since we put out our regular episode that comes out on Friday for the following week. It'll be, you know, it'll be valid for you know that following week. Can you tell us a little bit about how you? produce an episode and how much time it takes uh well uh it definitely takes a lot less time now that we have uh we've gotten some better software uh and we have a better idea of what we're looking for to begin with and the way that i've tried to design it from the beginning before i even launched it before i even told anybody i was thinking about it you know i was i was trying to figure out a way so that I could work smart instead of hard and, and have the information more or less come to me, and then it would be a simple case of uh, getting it into a format that would be suitable for being being audio instead of being a visual uh, release. And basically, you know, as the information becomes available, I occasionally have to search for it, uh, you know, get out there and, and talk to our guys and find out what's going on. But a lot of times they're excellent about bringing this information to me, and it's it's a matter of, uh, wrapping this information together and, and making it into a neat package. Now, how long does that take? I don't know. If I have to go out and look for it, it usually takes a little bit longer, but there's always something to find, and, and people are still getting used to this concept. We only launched this at the end of June, so there are some people that work here probably that don't know this exists, and that's okay. Um, it's a it's a new experimental program. It's going to have to have some growing pains along the way. But, uh, again, I digress. Back to, back to your question, how long does it take us? I think probably... Um, once once we know what we're going to talk about, and, and it takes me probably about a half hour to write the script and probably takes us uh, that long again to get it recorded and laid in uh, the way that we want it. And uh, that's with me having a couple of takes that usually end in some expletives when I can't get a word out and, uh, you know, of course, erasing those. And uh, then uh, the engineer just kind of taps them together and, and makes a what I think is a pretty seamless presentation. It took us a lot longer at the beginning because we needed some sound effects to go behind the 
the audio to keep it uh, fresh and interesting. And uh, a lot of that consisted of the very scientific process of uh, driving our state vehicle out onto the median of a busy road and hanging a microphone out the window. We both think it's uh, it's effective to have that sound effect in the background just um, just as much as it is to, to paint a room a different color sometimes. You couldn't even necessarily put your finger on what it is that, that may keep you interested otherwise, but uh, it's... I think it's something that, that's really helped us from our beginning concept, which is just my voice. And, you know, it's probably, <laughs> as you can tell by listening to this long-winded interview, sometimes it's not all that interesting just to hear me talk. Well, I think your, uh, your sound effects makes a connection with TextDot and the, the listeners, you know, they can make a connection because it's, sure. it's, it's, well, it's real life. Yeah, well, the, the backup bell, I think everybody's real familiar with the, the uh, sound that we use to delineate moving from project to project uh, while we're changing subjects. I, that was, uh, we, we put a lot of thought into that. What could we do that would, that would really uh, register this as construction or, or TxDOT or, or whatever it would be? And we decided on the, on the backup alarm, and we've, I don't know that we've ever changed that. Um, but uh, there's, you know, like I said, there's other stuff in there, and we're always keeping our eyes and ears open for a different sound and, and something that'll uh, something that'll that'll help communicate that, maybe even subliminally to our to our listeners that yes, they are listening to road construction and and, uh, and these kinds of updates. You said you had to, you got some new software that uh, improved your process. Did you have to make an investment in audio equipment or other equipment? Uh, yes. We started out using just a simple um, handheld digital recorder uh, when it was just me. I had a little Panasonic uh, digital recorder that didn't give me very good quality, but did give me something that I could manipulate and, and cut and paste and, and that kind of stuff with the sound, but the sound quality was average at best. And uh, once once I convinced people around here that, that I wasn't crazy, and, and well, maybe I haven't convinced them of that, but at least that this project might bear fruit for TxDOT, um, they went ahead and spent uh, about $500 on an, uh, an M-Audio Microtrack 24-96 professional two-channel mobile digital recorder, which is a mouthful for for something that's really no bigger probably, uh, you know, than, than my wallet. And I think, really, it's designed, uh, it's designed for uh, recording uh, musicians and, and uh, you know, and instruments and stuff like that, but it works great for us. With the stereo mic, it really helped improve the sound quality, and it, it automatically made its files into MP3, which is something that uh, that we were having to translate at one point or another uh, from WAV files into MP3 so that we could edit it with the basic software that we had. We were using uh, Audacity, which was freeware, um, and it's a good program, but uh, we very quickly outgrew it and realized that we needed to get some some professional software, and we ended up with uh, some Adobe Premiere Pro stuff that that I don't think was a was an was an inexpensive package by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know quite how much it was, but it was in the low thousands. And we picked it up, and that's that's also helped us uh, transition into video podcasting, which we officially kicked off uh, last Friday. That would be the what would that be the eighth? Yeah, would have been Friday the eighth. Uh, that we launched our first video podcast, just a little 38-second uh, episode on work we were doing in Longview, on the loop in Longview. And, uh, of course, you needed a video camera to go with that, so we got the video camera, and we probably, I don't know, we spent probably $4,000 or so uh, just upgrading everything and 
and uh, getting it so that the sound quality is good, the video quality is good, and uh, it's easy to edit and add transitions and things like that that really that really make give it the feel of of a professional uh, professional quality uh, product. Yeah, I saw your video extra on the website there. Uh, do you think this is something you're going to do in parallel with the audio podcast, or do you think that's the idea? That's the idea. Um, we've my engineer and I, his name is Trent, and he and I have gone back and forth on whether or not a true five-minute video podcast, a video version of the audio podcast that we've been putting out, would be doable, and it probably would if he and I had 80 hours a week to devote to it combined. But uh, the simple fact is that we don't. Um, Trent has. Uh, Trent, as of yet, is not full-time with the department, and so his his time is fairly limited. And uh, I do other things besides put out the podcast for the department, so, um, you know, occasionally my time is diverted elsewhere. So the video, the five-minute video podcast, I don't think will become a reality for now. But the video extra, again, we're trying to expand. Um, we're, we're trying to spread our wings a little bit and find out what we can do and what's going to make sense for us and what isn't. And the video... Um, Excuse me. The video podcast, I think, is uh, in terms of a minute or less episode, I think, can be an effective tool for us because uh, the studies that I've that I've read, and of course I couldn't cite you a single source, um, but the studies that I've read said people prefer to learn about transportation issues in a visual format where they can see the road that we're talking about or they can see the people that are making the decisions, and uh, video podcast helps us do that. And we can't do it all the time, but um, one video podcast a week probably is not out of the question if we have the time to devote to it. From the URL of your podcast, uh, it comes up from uh, Texas A&M. Uh, what's their involvement? Well, initially, when I had this uh, idea, uh, it was me and my Panasonic uh, digital recorder and no editing software and, and really no idea which direction to go. And so um, the Texas Transportation Institute is located at Texas A&M University, and they are one of our um, top consultants. We pay them uh, just about every district in TxDOT use them, uses them for something, traffic counts or, you know, help with this project or develop a website for us or you know, whatever they—they're pretty—they're uh, very talented people uh, to a person down there, and and we really couldn't function as an agency without their assistance. And so when I said, "Well, I've got this idea. What do I do now?" and and they said, "Well, why don't you contact TTI?" So I got in touch with TTI, and uh, I worked with some some very helpful people. And as it turns out, around that same time, right as I was getting started, I had the uh, had the ability to hire Trent, and so I. I grabbed that opportunity because he's a former news cameraman and and uh, has a has a technical degree in uh, in audio and visual engineering and and all that stuff. And so I said, well, hey, look, this is my man, and if we can get him in front of a computer that has the right software on it, we can probably do most of this ourselves. But the one thing we couldn't do immediately, anyway, was to get TextDot in Austin to host the podcast site without going through a mountain of red tape. And until we could prove it to ourselves that this might be an effective tool, it probably wasn't worth doing all the red tape. So um, we, have a, we have a small contract now with TTI for them to 
keep the website to host the website that we post our episodes to. And so once we finish production on an episode, uh, we send it to TTI via an FTP server, and they usually post it within an hour or two. And uh, that's really the extent of their involvement. They were going to be more involved, but I had an opportunity to, to move up and kind of expand my capabilities at the same time. So I had to take that. How many listeners or subscribers do you have? Well, I can tell you that uh, the according to the web hits, which there's a report that comes out once a month on the second day of the month for the previous month, uh, that in August we averaged about eh, probably 80 hits a day with a high of about 140, uh, which I think is pretty good uh, considering that, uh, you know, of course we started from from maybe 10 hits a day, and I bet nine of them were me or <laughs> or Trent when we launched this thing in, in late June. And, uh, you know, I, I don't go to the site hardly anymore at all because I I use RSS to, to figure out whether or not we've, you know, it, it's been uploaded on TTI's end. And, you know, like I said, they do an excellent job of, of being responsive to us on that. So I don't really worry about going to that website anymore. Um, so I think a, a majority of the hits that we're getting uh, are coming from the outside, people who have who have made this part of their commute, as I anticipated, uh, well, as, as I anticipated them doing, as I hoped that they would do, uh, is to take this news with them and and get something out of it, showing that TechDot is very interested in making sure that they know where the lane closures are going to be, because it's not just about it's not just about keeping the commute, uh, you know, flowing and and saying, hey, look, you might want to avoid Broadway today. Uh, it also has to do with work zone safety and keeping our guys safe. The fewer vehicles that pass them during their day at work, the less chance there is that they'll be injured on the job by somebody driving through their setup or getting hit by the, uh, the stray uh, mirror or whatever it is that uh, befalls the, the brave guys that, that work on the interstate and work on our busiest streets. Yeah, just a, a side note here. I have heard that uh, some of the car manufacturers are starting to put a receptacle in the vehicle for an iPod, and then you can mm -hmm. control it from your uh, steering wheel controls, like you control your radio volume now and things like that. I think that if, if we want to get ahead of the curve and stay there in terms of public outreach, this is, this is not the silver bullet, but it's one of the ways that we are choosing to try to get out in front of this curve and to be there. So when people say, hmm, I wonder if TechDot has a podcast, well, sure enough, we do. Um, they don't have to sit there and go, well, of course, TechDot doesn't have a podcast. They're never out in front on anything. And the, the truth be told, we're out in, front of a, of, uh, out in front of a lot of things, but it's mostly asphalt design and, you know, uh, innovative ways to do seal code and, you know, that kind of thing. They're, they're innovations that, that people, uh, if we do them right, shouldn't notice. You know, I want people to notice this, and I want people to uh, to see that we are trying to uh, to keep them informed and and uh, to show them that the TechDot is not this big monolithic agency. That in fact, it's made up of of people that live in their community and are trying to provide them the the best and safest uh, highway infrastructure possible, so that their their commute can be a good one and a safe one. What has been the public's response? Have you had any public feedback? or feedback from the public? Well, um, not as much as I anticipated. And, uh, you know, gleaning from my experience again in the news business that no news is good news, we certainly have people uh, hitting it every day, so I guess they're listening. 
Um, but I haven't had anybody uh, aside from you call up and say, hey, I've been listening to your podcast and I'm interested. But I, I guess that means that if they are listening, they're, they're getting what they, what they need from it and coming back. So, um, But I am flattered that you wanted to have me on your show just the same. <laughs> but uh, I, I haven't had a whole lot of people write in. I haven't had anybody uh, email the, the projects at DOT uh, email address to say, hey, this sucks, or hey, this is good, keep it up, or I'd like to see this, or there's too much of that. Um, so we're we're still groping around and we're still trying to figure out what's going to be the best uh, format. But I think we've more or less settled on the amount of time that we want to spend uh, spend informing people each week. I think five minutes is about the longest that uh, that I can pay attention to any one particular thing, and especially when it's my voice. Uh, you know, hey, five minutes is plenty. Will we be seeing more podcasts from other districts in Texas? That's an excellent question, and the answer is I don't know. Um, right now, officially, it is a pilot project. It's coming from this district only, and I've had um, a little difficulty explaining to people at our division in Austin why a district podcast is good. But um, they haven't told me no, and they haven't said, you know, stop wasting your time with this nonsense. What occurred to me, though, on how I could make them maybe understand what I'm talking about, uh, is that I, I made one for I made a podcast for Interstate 20 where I took our road our highway conditions report and I made notes on uh, all of our highway conditions on Interstate 20 and laid it out in an east to west format because we're in extreme East Texas here. It made sense for me. Laid it out east to west and said we could have a product like this for truckers. And, uh, you know, for, for people that are, uh, that are tech savvy, then there'll be more and more of those people as time goes on. We can, you know, we can set it up so that people can find out about what's going on on the interstate if they'd like to travel in or through Texas. Uh, we can set one up for every interstate and just have it updated every week. And all of a sudden, some light bulbs went on. They said, oh, okay, now I understand what you're trying to do with this. Let us think about it, and we'll, we'll give you some more directions. So... Um, I have a presentation coming up in College Station in October uh, where I'm going to present this at what's called Short Course, and, uh, and hopefully I gain some, uh, some more interest from people in TxDOT and, and maybe from other uh, similar engineering communities that may want to know how this works and, uh, and how successful it's been. So if you're out there and you listen to the TxDOT podcast and you like it or don't like it, send me a note. Let me know. What, uh, what can we do to make it better? If there are some other DOTs that would be interested in getting a podcast started, what suggestions would you have for them? I would suggest um, probably based on my experience and going back and, and, uh, and all this, I would say that the number one thing that they're probably going to have to do is to be able to justify it to the engineers, and that's not a knock on the engineers. It's just when you have people that are charged with um, dealing with the media and, and things that cannot be quantified, sometimes it's difficult to make an engineer believe that, um, you know, there are things out there that can't be quantified but are still important. You know, good media relations, I can't put a number on it, but I can tell you that it, <laughs> that it works and, and uh, it needs to be done. And similarly, when I've, like I was saying earlier, you know, the my dealings with Austin and him saying, well, I don't understand the district podcast or... I don't know how this is really going to benefit people. Nobody will listen to it. Well, okay, maybe, maybe not. But I think people can take a look at 
if they, if they want to take a look at the, uh, the blueprint that I've laid out for them and make some changes and make some improvements, I'd be interested to hear what, uh, what changes were made. But I would say think it out very carefully and decide who your audience is going to be and, uh, and really determine what length you want to make it uh, before you get started and try to hit that goal every week and, and standardize it as much as you can without getting stale. If some of our listeners would like to talk to you about your podcast or producing one of their own, how can they get in contact with you? Actually, they can, they can email me directly if they'd like. Uh, my email address at text.dot is uh, the letter L, K R A N T Z, at dot state dot tx dot us. And I'd be happy to correspond or speak with anybody who's interested in learning more about this podcast. Well, Larry, thanks for talking with us, and uh, it's very interesting, and you are on the cutting edge. And uh, thank you. wish you much success with your podcast and your videocasts. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, call any time, Dwayne. Again, our thanks to Larry for taking the time to speak with us. Be sure to visit the Texas DOT Tyler District Podcast page. I've put a link to it in the episode notes. If you're interested in producing podcasts for your agency or would like to talk to Larry, send him an email at the email address he provided. Or send me an email using the Contact Me button or leave a voicemail in our comment line at 206 309 This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons 2.5 license. Thanks for listening, and so long for now.